Satnam, I'm Guru Prakarmakar. Guru Singh and I travel the world, loving to meet an ever-growing global community. We are appreciative of your vital role on this planet, for it is your willingness to be here and listen that calls forth wisdom, that activates our collective voice in service. Your questions bring forth the answers. For a wealth of information about who we are and what we do, please visit gurusingh.com. Bless you. Hmm, Satnam. Today's world has these different encampments that are vying for position in a world that needs no position. And those encampments are usually called religions or nation-states, cultures. And usually they have an origin of very honorable technologies and intentions. And the generations that occur after the origins are like a game of telephone. You know the game of telephone? Where you whisper in the person's ear next to you, and then they whisper in the person's ear next to them, and then they next to them, and next to them. And it goes around a room, or it goes around a table, it goes around somewhere. And when it gets back to you, is it what you said? No. And so as generations progress through the founding attitudes of nation-states, founding attitudes of religious orders, the founding natures of cultures, as the generations move through space-time. You end up with something that doesn't quite resemble the origin. But what the origin was about was accessing the absolute origin. And that's usually why somebody creates or ends up with followers, is that they have such a profound impact because they had such an incredible clear perspective of what life was. So if you follow the trajectory of one of these elements, whether it's a nation, state, a religion, or a culture, you end up on a tangent of a tangent of a tangent of a tangent, like the game of telephone, quite off base. But if you yourself follow the example of the originator, without any middle persons, without any interpreters, without any rule holders, that is true religion, which means to realize origin. What has happened throughout the time, even in nation-states, you know, honor the founding fathers, or as the prophet says. We don't have any idea if the prophet said that. They didn't record things in those days. And written word is open to interpretation. And so we end up in the 21st century a long way away from the origin of life. Because what are we doing with life in the 21st century? We're destroying it at a phenomenal rate. So that's not realizing origin. That's not meaningful. And so what we do with these characters, these historical characters, 
is we icon them, we iconize them, we place them in an untouchable, an unreachable position, and then we play telephone with their teachings. And that is what that man said to not do. He said, don't love me, love the teachings. To mimic a great master, any of them, Muhammad, Jesus, Buddha, Zoryasta, Nanak, Gurandas, Yogi Bhajan, to mimic and then duplicate and then multiply their effects. That is not disrespectful. That is the greatest form of respect. Because the greatest form of respect for you to have for any great character of history is to say, I am equal to that. I can achieve that. And because I exist now, I can surpass that. Because evolution always grows. To get into that without falling prey to the police force that try to enforce that that isn't respectful is your game. And that is what Lord Krishna was speaking to Arjuna about in the Mahabharata of the Bhagavad Gita. Know that you can attain that ascension. Know that you can attain that mastery. But deal with the conditions on the ground during your lifetime. Because if all you want to do is throw up your sail in the biggest way possible and create a backlash of the biggest storm possible, then that biggest storm possible is going to take your sail over, including your vessel. But to put up no sail in order to avoid any storm you sit in dead water. And so knowing what the balance is between the extremes is what the Buddha called the middle path. What Yogi Bhajan called moderation. Being able to know the waters and the winds is important in every relationship. Because you can prove any relationship, your relationship with a great master or your relationship with your own family, you can prove any relationship is whatever you want to prove it to be. And that's why when you're working with relationships, you have to understand that you're working with your anatomy and you're working with a larger anatomy, which is the anatomy of all of your worldly interactions. So you have, on one side, you have a combination of your physical anatomy and your subtle anatomies. The anatomy of your two legs, what do they mean? Emotionally, <clears throat> what do your two legs mean energetically? The, your relationship with the anatomy of your pelvis. What does your pelvis mean physically? What does your pelvis mean 
And how does yoga allow you to align your pelvis physically? And how does an aligned physical pelvis allow you to align your emotions? Because it holds the glands and organs of your abdomen at an angle. That angle tilts to one way or another. It affects the relationship between those glands and organs, which affects the relationship that the peptides of those glands and organs. If you're having a problem with somebody, don't yell at their head. Help them to adjust their pelvis. Obviously appropriate. It's like you don't just walk up to somebody and grab their hips, you know. It's like, whoa. No, I'm qualified to do that. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't think so. Not like that, you're not. And what you end up doing when you adjust your physical anatomy is you adjust your relationship between yourself, the inverted dome of your pelvis, and the dome of the earth. The inverted dome of your pelvis and the dome of your diaphragm. And then the dome of the roof of your mouth, which is affected by the words or the mantras that you recite. And then the dome of the top of your head. And then the dome of the Atma sphere. Atma means soul. Paramatma means all soul. The atmosphere. Mispronounced as atmosphere. And thought of to be only that which holds in the oxygen levels. But actually it holds in the souls too. The Atmas. In order to reincarnate. And then once we've gotten through that, we go into the relationship of that which is developed around you. What is your relationship with your emotional body? What is your true relationship with your emotional body? Do you ever think about it? Or do you just respond to its commands? I'm angry. I'm upset. I'm jealous. I'm happy. How can I keep that? And now I'm not happy. I was happy for a little while. Actually, you're happy all the time. You're jealous all the time. You're angry all the time. You're all the things all the time. It's what are you paying attention to. And then, of course, you have the persona. Who do you think you are? Your personality. What do you think you can do? What do you think you can achieve? How much time is it going to take? And then that has a relationship, if you can clarify that, has a relationship with the universal mind, which knows everything. It's like a computer attached to the internet. All of the knowledge of the internet is available to your computer, but what does your computer have to do in order to access that? It has to be able to attach to that information database and then have a command within it to access a particular amount of information, a particular frequency of information. And how does that come about? Well, that comes about through your belief. I believe that I can access that information. And if you do truly believe that you can access information, you access it. If you're connected. 
if you're not disrupted by the emotional body or the persona, the mental body of who do you think you are. Sometimes when you really access some really good stuff, people will even ask you. So the idea of these masters all around us, in history books, in scriptures, and what have you, were people who mastered that equation. It's available to us. But if we for a moment believe the prophets of the religions or anybody is unattainable, is a level that is unattainable, we have discounted our ability before we've even tried. And there are police that will enforce those restrictions. And I say that with respect. It's just the nature of nature. You go around saying that you're as good as Jesus and you'll end up like John Lennon. Watch his movie. The movie that, um, what's his name put together? Imagine, what's his name? Uh, Howard. Howard. Ron Howard. Ron Howard took all of the old Beatles uh, um, video and digitized it and then turned it into high resolution and put together this thing called uh, Eight Days a Week. That's the name of the movie, Eight Days a Week. And one of the big pieces in there was when, remember, or you heard the story, if you don't remember, you're not old enough to remember. But one of the big pieces in there was John Lennon made this comment like, we're more popular than Jesus. And all throughout the South and Midwest of the United States, they had massive record burnings. They would all bring their Beatles records to the middle of the town, create a bonfire and burn the records. Because you don't dare mess with that. The thought police are going to be knocking on your door. Within this lifestyle, there are thought police around these paintings that you see around the room. It's just the nature of human nature. There are thought police, he said, become ten times greater than me. And if you, and I've experienced this, if you say, I'm on a campaign to become 10 times greater than Yogi Button, you watch. You watch what the response is. Does that mean that I don't respect? No. Does that mean that John didn't respect? No. Does that mean that you don't respect? No. It means that you respect it so much that you're going to infuse it and use it that's really respectful. Because if your kids walk around and say, you guys were great, we're going to be less than you. <laughs> and a parent feels that that's respectful, wow, I feel that's child abuse. <laughs> that's just emotional, child, psychic child abuse. If you don't want your children to be so much greater than you are, you're not, a, you're not a good parent, are you? So if a master doesn't want the disciples to become greater, what kind of a master is that? And we have within us the same things that they did. We have a pelvis. They did too. We have two thighs. They did too. We have the glands and organs of our abdomen. They did too. We have the capacity to discipline ourselves. They did that really well. 
So if we can give ourselves permission, which means mission with a permit, the permit is important. If we can give ourselves permission to say that that's my goal, my goal is to be greater than Jesus, greater than Muhammad, greater than the Buddha, greater than the Sikh Gurus, greater than Yogi Bhajan, you may or may not succeed, but you're going to go for it. And that doesn't mean that you're saying that you are greater than them. It means that that's your goal. And what do they say? Shoot for the stars, you may hit the moon. And then somebody says, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> what kind of advice is that? <laughs> That's an advice like, you know, go to hell. <laughs> right? It's not good advice. No, get your hopes way up. And then work with the emotions that come about when you begin to elevate your hopes. Because when you elevate your hopes, there's a lot of wind that comes your way. Then, what you want to do is you want to set up your mechanism, your sails, your boat, your rudder, your, your keel, all of those components within your physical body, balancing fascia. Your fascia is so important to, you know, the hip bone connected to the thigh bone, the thigh bone to the knee bone, the knee bone connected to the shin bone, the shin bone connected to the ankle bone, the ankle bone connected to the foot bone, yes? Right? Shoulder bone connected to the arm bone, the arm bone connected to the hand bone, the hand bone connected to the eye bone. <laughs> That's the modern version, just like when I wrote the song, to be confident that the infinite so the young kids in Mitty Pity went, to be confident that the internet <laughs> will take care of it. <laughs> we're so fortunate. Because <laughs> they were all cutting and pasting their term papers off the internet. <laughs> Our son was teaching there for three years and caught them doing it. So the fascia to go back to that, is that network that is connecting everything with everything. And if you can set yourself physically appropriate to the way in which the emotional body is functioning, the mental body is functioning, the emotional bodies of those around you are functioning, the mental bodies of those around you are functioning, you can use their disapproval for approval. You can use their approval for approval. You can use everything that comes to you as energy, because that's what it is. And that's what the great masters mastered. That's what the great masters, the great prophets mastered. And if you don't use your own intrinsic ability to get down to the source, to realize the origin, to be in true religion. If you're just in the telephone game, you're not in the game. Mm -hmm. And 
And that's the new evolution. Because that is the evolution that doesn't say, come on, we all got to be Sikhs. Come on, we all got to be Christians. Come on, we all got to be Muslims. Come on, we all got to be Buddhists. This is the game that says, come on, we all got to be real. And I'm going to respect your reality because I know it'll come back to me by you respecting my reality. And that is what Kundalini, as well as many other forms, that is what Kundalini gives you, is that ability to respect your own reality and the reality of others because it gives you the ability to be aware of both of those realities. And then you'll realize there are so many more similarities than there are differences. Because no matter how different we are, no matter how different our approaches are, every living creature wants the exact same thing. to all of the interpretations of it, but do you know why they call that which the pelvic bowl holds your private parts? Because within your pelvic bowl is your personal code, C-O-D-E, your personal code to concept. And it's that code to concept that has your mission and your purpose in life, and it's totally private to you. And that's why this is such a protected area in addition to all of the other translations and interpretations of the fact, all of which are appropriate. This portion of the spine, which is generally the sense of the lower spine, and when people say, I have a bad back, you know, eight times out of 10, or seven times out of 10, that is that lower area of the back. This is the area of the anatomy, which is tied to pure inspiration. Coming out of the pelvis are those three avenues. The left thigh is intention, emotional intention. The right thigh is emotional motivation. And the lower spine is your emotional inspiration. So intention, motivation, and inspiration. And when I was referring earlier to, and I don't mean, and I want to reiterate, I don't mean to be at all disrespectful to the police, I use that in quotes, that hover around great, hover around the teachings perhaps of great masters and say, you can't cross this line. Yogi Bhajan once explained what Lord Krishna meant in speaking with Arjuna, and that is that those barricades 
which appear in the form of people saying, thou shalt not, and this is, a, you know, this is, a, what is it called, um, heresy. This is, this is heresy and that is heresy. What that is, is that is a blockage over which you must come. And if you can't overcome that blockage, the blockage will hold you in place until you can. Lifetime after lifetime after lifetime, you will come up against that blockage. And so just understand that you do not want to disrespect those that are trying to hold the form. Because if you disrespect those that are trying to hold the form, your life becomes about that. It becomes a battle with that. And you don't want your life to become a battle with that. You want your energy to be infused and invested in, be, in being able to overcome any blockage. Do you understand? So when something is trying to block you from being greater than, it's there with reason. It's there with purpose. If you make your life of moments about moments dealing with that, then you lose the process. But if you make yourself the moments about having that just simply be there, and you invest the energy instead of being able to overcome, or as Yogi Bhajan explained it, you rise to the occasion, which is what water does when it's dammed. It rises to the occasion, flows over the dam. That's what we must do, particularly now in these times, because there is a lot of dams in the world right now. So we must rise to the occasion and flow over them. Bless you for joining us. Visit gurusing.com for an ever-expanding archive of lectures, videos, yoga sets, meditations, and more.